Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. Good to be here. Thank you that you are here as well. You know, it's good. It's always good to be here when other people are here. It's a totally different vibe when you're in a room by yourself. And uh, really thankful to have you uh, with us today. Uh, we have a couple um, in the spirit of announcements. Reed, thank you for doing what you do, man. It's great, great for you doing that. But we have some interesting stuff coming up for for men specifically. And so, um, Tim, where are you? Oh, you happen to be standing right there. Perfect. <laughs> like my bodyguard right there. It's good. And uh, Tim, um, Tim's going to be, uh, I got distracted by my bodyguard joke. <laughs> um, Tim um, is taking a bunch of guys out to Camp Kiwanos for their men's retreat. And uh, so if you would like to, if going on a men's retreat is something that makes you say, hmm, that sounds interesting. Uh, Tim's a great guy to talk to. He's already out of here. Look how Christ-like he is. He's greeting people while I'm talking about him. And uh, so, so we got that. Um, Tim um, also organizes a men's walk fellowship too. So if you're looking to try and connect with new people in the church, that's a great way to get connected. Tim, Tim does that as well. And so there's a little sign-up sheet outside, right, Tim? Great. Um, otherwise, you can just talk to him personally. You, you, you talk to people. You're friendly, right? Nope. Okay, good, good. And, uh, and I've also been talking to Carlos lately um, about starting up a, another men's ministry as well, a, a ministry group, conversation group. Um, it's hard. It's hard being a dad. And there's not a lot of places to talk about our feelings because we don't like doing that ever. Um, but um, not that we'll be talking about our feelings, but we kind of be talking about our feelings, but not officially because no one wants to admit that. But uh, um, just asking questions. How do, you, how do you do this whole dad thing? How do you do this whole man thing? How how do, you, how do you do this whole Christian thing? And, and so, so Carlos um, is working some stuff together and with Tim and with Carlos. And we, we care about our men here in the church. And so, so you got this. And uh, girls, we also care about you. Don't worry. There's things coming for you as well. But we got to pace ourselves with how many things we announce. So, so, so don't you worry. Um, this morning is going to be a fun morning. Um, as I've been praying about uh, this particular message, this is, this is what I would call the part two of, of last week. And, and one of the most compelling instruments that we have in terms of making a difference in the world around us is actually our voice. And uh, I got into ministry largely because I felt a responsibility to help people who don't have a voice have a voice. And this particular word is, is just, it's one of those ones that just sits heavy on your heart. Um, I, I've learned this to be true. The, the way a person talks to God and a way a person talks to others directly impacts their experience here on this earth. And last week, what we did is we talked about this whole idea of making a difference, um, Specifically, as we wrap up our Family Vibe series, again, if this is your first time coming, this is a great series to be a part of because we're looking at some of our values and our, and our, and our pillars as a church. Um, and one of our values and our pillars as a church is to, to, to make a difference. But last week, specifically, what we talked about is this idea that God wants to make a difference in us before he makes a difference through us. 
right? Like God cares more about what he does in you than what you do for him. As a Christian, you're not an employee and you're not rated based on your employee skills. There's no, it doesn't work like that. It's not, there's no such thing as employee of the month for those with perfect church attendance. It, it, it's, it's not like that. When you're a Christian, you become, you become a, what we would call a, a child of God. We're, we're, we're adopted into his family, to use that illustration. And, and so it changes the posture in terms of the way we um, navigate the scriptures in terms of the way we, we worship, in ter- terms of the way that we, we even pray. Um, this, this posture of, if I see myself as an employee, I act in a certain way. And if I see myself as a child, I act in a certain way. You can fire an employee, but you can't fire your kid. Sometimes we want to. Uh, just kidding. Well, not kidding. You know what I'm talking about. All the parents are like, amen. Um, but we wouldn't do it because we're kind. But, but, so there's, there's, that, there's that, that perspective that you need to carry. God isn't just out there firing his children because they suck at being Christians. It doesn't work like that. He, he wants to develop you, learn, uh, grow in you, or, or rather have you grow in, in him. So one of the places that the Bible actually describes making a difference in terms of utilizing the power of our voice is found in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 6. And here, what the Apostle Paul does is he actually paints, he actually references this, this compelling framework for, for, for making a difference in the community and in terms of living out your faith as believers. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 through 6. If not, I'll have it, I'll have it on the screen, and, and we'll read it from there. But I'm going to read it for you, and then we're going to pray. And, and one of the reasons I like to do that, because um, I've been asked that before, why do you read the Bible and then, and then pray? That's because the Bible isn't just a, a textbook that you jump into. Okay? When it comes to learning about God, when it comes to engaging with the scriptures, it's not just a, a, a worldview that we're trying to research so we read the text. It doesn't work like that. In many ways, what, what, what happens here, in many ways, the, what, what Christianity presents is not necessarily a new way of thinking, but it presents this, this whole new way of living that, that centers around a relationship with God and a relationship with a God who wants to actually reveal himself to you through, through the scriptures. It's more helpful to see the Bible as either a window into seeing God or as a mirror in terms of understanding yourself than it is to look at the Bible as a textbook or a research paper. So when you take that posture, it changes things, especially when you consider the verse uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. In 1 Corinthians 2, 11, it says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? But it's this next statement that's quite, quite profound. It says, In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And that little sentence is very fascinating. Because it implies this idea that Christianity is actually deeply personal. And what this speaks to is the idea that the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God who reveals himself to people. So you, you can try and learn about God. And you can do your best to try and learn about God. We come to church, and some of you, your motivation today is, I'm going to try and learn something about God. 
But if you change the posture and say, God, I would like you to teach me something about you. (laughs) I'm not going to come and try to learn about you. I want to be taught from you. I want you to help me see these scriptures through your lens for my life in the here and the now. That posture changes everything. And so that's why I want us to read the Bible and then pray and then unpack it because I believe God wants to speak something specifically to each of you individually in your own circumstance and context. And so, without further ado, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says these words. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door door, uh, for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. This is Paul speaking. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation... Let your voice, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. With that, let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're real. And God, thank you that you're here. And I pray for each and every individual in this room, that God, you give us ears to hear you, and that you give us eyes to see what it is that you're doing in the here and the now. Thank you for this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. So when it comes to making a difference, friends, I need you to hear me this morning. Do not underestimate the power of your voice when it comes to prayer. Now, we know this. You guys, you've come to church, so you know, you know, you know. This is old news. Prayer is important. Prayer changes lives. Prayer changes things. Prayer works. We all know this. But sometimes what happens is we assume that it's actually the prayers of the more Christian person (laughs) that matter more than my prayers. Or you may think to yourself, well, if I can just get the pastor to pray, then then I don't even need to pray because Adam can pray for me and that'll be much easier. It does not work like that. Colossians chapter four, verse two says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. See, this Greek, this Greek word for devote yourselves, it's built on the root meaning to be strong. So it begs the question, is your prayer life strong? And what does a strong prayer life even look like? You see, a strong prayer life for a Christian is similar to a strong communication life for a married couple. And I've been married for 19 years. No big deal. But it doesn't matter how long I've been married for. Because if my communication with Shandy is weak, my marriage is going to feel very weak. And if my communication with my wife, if my communication with Shandy is only surface level, we only talk about the surface things, if it's disingenuous, then my marriage will likely feel very surface level. My marriage will feel very disingenuous. If my communication with my wife, my communication with Shandy lacks intimacy, lacks consistency, I only talk to her when I need something or want something, 
then my marriage is going to lack intimacy and consistency as well. The same goes for our Christian faith when it comes to prayer. If my communication with God is weak, if my prayer life is weak, my Christianity is going to feel weak. And so there's some of you where you've been coming to church for years and you're like, ugh, where are you, Lord? Why does it feel like this doesn't work? Well, sometimes it's because not something that God's doing, but rather it's more of actually a communication issue. Maybe, maybe our communication with God isn't strong enough yet. If my communication with God is surface level and disingenuine, then my, 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 my Christianity is going to feel very surface level as well. When all of a sudden hard times come, my Christianity is going to feel very weak and rocky because I don't have that relation, relational confidence built up yet. I don't have the trust built up yet with the Lord. If my communication with God lacks intimacy, it lacks some level of, of consistency, I only, I'm only Christian once a month, once a week, on Sundays for one hour when I'm in this room, it's going to feel like there's something missing. You're not, you're not firing on all cylinders. You see, in order to reap the benefits of the Christian life, you need to be strong in your prayer life. And the Christian benefits uh, are not some sort of, of reward or like some sort of gift that just comes out of nowhere. They're, 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 they're developed. They are, they are grown. They are, are strengthened. And it all comes back down to our, this, this prayer life, the power of our voice when it comes to prayer. Devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful, the verse says. You see, being watchful and thankful are helpful clues to discovering a meaningful and impactful prayer life. Or another way to look at this, being watchful and thankful are helpful clues to discovering the power of the human voice as it relates to your own personal prayer life or your own spirituality. Matthew 28 verses, uh, sorry, Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray. That's how it describes it. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. So then, let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be awake, watchful, sober-minded. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert, be watchful, be awake, be alert, of sober mind, it says. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It speaks to this idea that as a prayer person, as a Christian, pay attention to what's happening around you. I felt, I almost had this um, prophetic word for you. That, that, that it's time as a church that you, that you rise up. Not, not even speaking about all of us, but as individuals. If I, as, 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 as a pastor, I can call you on this. It's time to rise up. It's time to pay attention. You, you are here. Like you are here on this planet right now to make a difference and your voice matters. 
You were not saved by Jesus and set free for, from the powers of sin and darkness to simply walk in fear and be ashamed to tell people that you're a Christian for fear of making them feel uncomfortable. Your voice is infinitely more valuable than that. Try, try not to be intimidated by culture. Don't be influenced by, by, by the, just the negative thoughts, negative media, negative just vibe that this world throws out all the time. Try, try, try not letting your circumstances influence your behaviors. And this is the picture I had while I was praying for you. You are not in a boat without a paddle. And I had this picture of a person going down a river with two oars in their hands, crying out, going with the flow, bashing against the rocks, going down, the trees are all over there, the water is there, but they're just going with the flow. Life isn't supposed to be a river float. You were not created to just blindly float downstream. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, because your prayers influence what goes on around you and within you. And some of you may say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, stop trying to be all fancy with your language. God knows how you think. He knows the way you think. And I can guarantee you probably don't think in the King James Version. <laughs> and some of you try to pray like you're reading the King James Version. Oh, thou Lord, blessed be thy name. <laughs> and you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> and God's like, I don't know what you're saying either. <laughs> you're confusing me. Speak from the heart. And you don't have to have these pretty sounding words. Speak from the heart. Because your prayers, your, your voice, who you are, you were created in the image of God. You're not an accident and he's not waiting for you to mature to some point where then he's going to listen to you. It doesn't work like that. When my little babies were born and they were crying and poopy and sleepy and just annoying but cute... I still love them just as much as I love them now when they're doing teenager stuff. And so as a Christian, sometimes we get this idea that God's only going to love me when I learn how to communicate with him better. Well, my little crying baby didn't know how to communicate with me. He just always yelled. When he was happy, he yelled. When he was sad, he yelled. And I still loved him. So you need to stop worrying about trying to mature to a point where God would then listen to me and understand that even right now, in the here and the now, with where you're at, your voice matters. Amen to myself. Amen to myself. I want you to write this down on something. So if you have a pen, write this down. If you have a phone, type it down. If you need to steal a pen from your neighbor's purse, don't take any money, just take the pen. Put it back after. I just need you to hear this. Your prayers influence your ability to live your faith. 
prayer is not a sideline thing that a Christian should do. It is literally the foundational, like, like fundamental piece of who you are and what you do. It's not coming to church. This is important. But if you never come to God and only come to church, you're not going to have much of a relationship. If I only went on dates with my wife, but never talked to her ever, we will look married, but I'm not going to feel married. And some of you look Christian, but you don't feel Christian. Thank you. Some of us, we look like we're Christian, but we don't feel Christian. Because we, we do Christian things, but we don't talk to our Christian God. And we've missed something. It was inadvertent. It was unintentional. Probably because as a church, we tend to deal with people in programs. <laughs> And so we think that we need to be part of a program in order to grow as a Christian. Programs aren't evil, but they are not what define the Christian church. And so what's infinitely, is just so important, if you can hear me today, pray. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, it says. Thankfulness is an interesting thing. Philippians chapter four, verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, it says, present your requests to God. Thankfulness is what I would call the key that unlocks the power of prayer in a person's life. When we can transition from, ugh, I have to pray again, ugh, to yes. I can't wait to talk to God about my life. This is when prayer becomes an influencer on the world that is around us. Or maybe I'll word it this way. Thankful prayers not only influence others, but they influence us as well. Thank you. Let's look at verse 3. Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. This is an interesting verse. It's an interesting verse. Because not only do your prayers influence your ability to live your faith, but number two, if you're writing something down, your prayers also influence other people's ability to hear about the faith. So your prayers benefit you, but your prayers can actually benefit others. Now, now, you would almost assume, like it would be intuitive to assume that all doors are always open when it comes to God reaching people. But here in this particular verse, Paul asks the reader to pray that God would open doors for his message. That is an insightful thought. Because you see, God doesn't actually need us to reach people. It is actually our privilege to partner with him as he goes about and does his business. God doesn't need you to reach people, but God does partner with us to reach people so that we can share in the blessing of people coming to faith. 
I got a lot of things I want you to write down. This is another good one. Spiritual doors require spiritual keys. And it's entirely possible that the, the breakthrough that you've been longing for in your loved one's life is actually only a prayer away. We've been relying on, on things or relying on if I can just bring them to church, if I can just get them to hear the word, or if I can just get them, get them around somebody, or, or God, if I can just do this, slow down. Paul asks the reader, he says, pray too that God may open a door for our message. So sometimes when it comes to praying for somebody, it's not just God save them. But be a little more practical. God, would you open a door so that they would be able to hear you, hear my heart, hear your heart. Verse 4 provides a, a, a some more powerful insight into the, just the strength of prayer. It says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. That's insightful. So prayer influences your ability to live your faith. Number one, prayer influences other people's ability to hear about the faith, number two. But number three, your prayers influence other people's ability to actually share the faith. Your, your, your prayer voice not only influences you and those who need to hear the gospel, but it also helps the people who, uh, helps the church, it helps us who share the gospel to do what it is that we are called to do. So when you, when you pray, like, gosh, I, I need your prayers. Our, our, our children's team here at the church, they need your prayers. Reed, doing youth ministry, he needs your prayers. Like, like as, 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 as a church, we need your prayers. God listens to you when you pray. The devil, he panics when you pray. It's like, whoa, didn't know they could do that. And people, people are empowered by your prayers. Your prayers. Not the spiritual person sitting beside you. Your prayers. The spiritual person who's sitting in your seat right now. Your voice is so important to God. He wants to know what breaks your heart. He wants to know what gets you excited. He wants to know your thoughts and your concerns. He wants to be a part of your world. Your voice, it matters. In verse five, what happens in verse five is, is Paul begins to change gears. It reminds us that when it comes to making a difference in the world, not only does it require us talking to God, but it also requires us talking to other people as well. So I'm sorry, introverts, but this applies to you too, not just the extroverted ones. You don't get an out. There's no free pass here. It says this in verse five, be wise. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. I love that term, outsiders. Be wise in terms of the way that you act towards the people who would never come to church in a million years. The people who don't feel like they belong here. The people who didn't know that this place existed. The people who don't know that God can not just answer prayers, but God actually loves them so much. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. 
says, make the most of every opportunity. In other words, in what I will call the Adam Browett translation, it says this, dear church, try not to say dumb stuff to people God puts in your path. <laughs> because we are really good at that. <laughs> Sometimes I would say we are our worst enemy. The world looks at the church oftentimes and thinks to themselves, what a bunch of hypocrites. What a bunch of judgers. What a bunch of do-gooders who, who have their head in the sand and don't really know what's going on in the real world. They, they, they learn that. And they didn't learn it from media and some sort of propaganda. They learned it because they had an interaction with somebody. And that interaction with them was sour. Here's a, uh, here's a helpful perspective to adopt. Everybody that you meet is in the process of being drawn to God. That's how I've learned to live my life. Is that any time, at any moment, I have the ability to engage in a spiritual conversation with somebody. But not just a somebody but everybody, regardless of where they find themselves on this spiritual continuum, is in the active process of being drawn to God. You don't know who's been praying for that person that you're talking to. Like, you don't know whose grandson that is. You don't know whose son or daughter that is. You don't know the, the, the army of believers who have been contending for the faith and just praying for them on their knees. You don't know the, the, the battles that have gone on in prayer for that particular individual. So don't wreck the moment by saying something stupid. We need to make the most of every opportunity, the Bible says. Simon, why don't you come on up? We'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Let's look at verse six. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, this is what's important for you to realize, Church of Evangelists. We got this. And this is what I want you to hear and what I want you to realize. This process, this, this verse, this concept of talking to the outsider is less about what you should say to someone and more about how we say it. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so we see salt almost as a negative nowadays because it's making all of us fat and have heart attacks. <laughs> I love salt. Here's the problem with salt is in that era, salt was so valuable. There were soldiers who were literally being paid with salt because of its value. If I try to give my kids salt as an allowance, they're going to revolt. But in this time, like salt, wow, valuable thing. It was used for preservation. It was used to add flavor, praise the Lord. 
So let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, with, with, with flavor, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It doesn't say so that you may know exactly what to say to everyone, because we're not going to know. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's not okay to be a jerk. And this is what this is getting to. This verse is less about what you should say to someone and more about how we say it. Because you see, when we talk to somebody about the church, when we talk to somebody about Jesus, when we talk to somebody about the faith, whatever it is, when you're having those spiritual conversations, let your conversation always be full of grace. It's not helpful just to slam churches. It's not helpful just to, to, to slam other Christians. Full of grace, seasoned with salt. Because I'm convinced that your voice has the power to change somebody's life for eternity. The world doesn't need to hear more, you are bad. Don't do that. The world needs to hear more, Jesus loves you. And if he can change my life, he can change your life. You may not always be able to, what I would say, you may not always be able to invite somebody to church in a conversation. But every time you have a conversation, you have the power to bring church to that person. And your voice, your voice, has the power to bring grace, the grace of God into any situations. And this means, like this is what literally it means to be light in a dark place. Jesus didn't calm the storm. And that's parable, that, that story in the Bible of Jesus being in the boat when the storm's coming. He didn't calm the storm by inviting the storm to church. He calmed the storm with the power of his voice. And if you need Jesus to calm a storm in your life, I want to pray for you this morning as we end our service. Because he specializes in that. He's the peacemaker, the peace bringer. The Bible literally calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. And so regardless of what it is that you're facing, this very real God that, you are, that, that exists wants to bring peace into your world. So I feel like as though I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't just stop for a moment and let us pray. Would you close your eyes with me for a second? Jesus, in this moment, we use our voice to call on you for peace. God, where there is brokenness, we pray for wholeness. Where there is hurts, we pray for restoration. Where there is fear, God, we pray for peace. Jesus, you're a God of resolutions. You can resolve the, 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 the worst case scenarios. And so God, be it for a marriage, be it, be it a, a storm of just financial difficulty, be it a storm of physical sickness, be it just a storm of brokenness. 
God, we call on you this morning for peace. We thank you that you care about our voice. We thank you that you care about what's going on inside of us. And God, we give you this moment. Amen. One more prayer. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I was so that person. I didn't grow up going to church. And I remember hearing about this Jesus, the peace bringer. And I scoffed at it. And I thought, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Until I humbly said to God, okay, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, and you can actually forgive sin, and you can make me feel free, Jesus, I ask that you would do that. God, that you would help me to see myself the way you see me. That you would forgive me of my my sin, this guilt and shame that I'm carrying. That you'd help me to be the person that you designed me to be. And when I prayed that, God was so faithful that my life literally from that point forward was never the same. 17-year-old Adam didn't want to be a pastor, I can guarantee you that. And now I cannot imagine what life would look like without the Lord in my life. So one last time, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you're in this room today and you want to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you're just tired of going through the motions and you want to give your life back to Jesus, just kind of draw that line in the sand and say, you know, I want to leave here different the way that I came in. If that's you, Can I get you to slip up your hand real quick? I'd love to pray with you. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, I see you there. I don't want to rush this moment. We'll just sit. I want to invite you to pray with me one time. In fact, if you're sitting here and you've prayed this prayer a million times, I invite you to pray it again. God doesn't roll his eyes. He looks at this as a hug in so many ways. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're real. Thank you that you're here. Thank you for right now. I want to start this prayer by saying sorry. Sorry for the things that I've done that have hurt people, hurt you, hurt myself. God, I'm sorry. Thank you that that you died on a cross for me that in you I can find life, I can find purpose. Thank you that apparently you made me in your image and have a plan for me and want to hear my voice. Thank you, Lord. Would you please come into my life? Would you please show me what it looks like to be a Christian? Would you please be my Lord and Savior? And God, would you show me what that even means? Because God, I want to leave here different than the way that I came. And if you are real, God, would you show me how real you are? you, Lord. I give you my heart. In your name we pray. Amen.